No, it's, it's not like Rogan, but like it's, it, yes, it is a podcast, yeah. Everyone. My name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. Uh, A quick update. After this episode, I will be taking a break from the podcast until 2021. If I had to guess, I would say around February or March is when I'll be uploading again. I've been simultaneously working on another project for the past year and some change, and I just want to give that my full attention for the next couple of months. And in doing so, I'm going to let the podcast recalibrate. That's the word I'm using. I'm going to let the podcast recalibrate, which means it might not come back in the same format. I may mix things up. It's not set in stone. I'm still brainstorming. I will be, though, updating uh, the podcast on my personal and the podcast Instagram accounts and, and Twitter feed and the social media uh, pages there. So, and I'll, I will link that into the description. Uh, but as always, thank you for the support. I very much appreciate it. All right. Enjoy. This week's episode, it takes us back to Elkwood, where we visit one of their iconic elections. And funny enough, it, it, it takes place around an election. It doesn't necessarily have to do with an election, more of a person, more of a proposal. This election may have been looked at as celebratory to one, but largely meaningless for most. And you know, when I, when I talk about Elkwood, I, I talk about it in a very positive light. I think he used the word docile to describe residents. And, and I'd hope that my tone of voice suggests that Elkwood has parks with swing sets and teeter-totters and, and people who don't shy away from wool sweaters. Elkwood is a place of runny noses and perpetually rosy cheeks. And in some respects, it's actually a little too PG for Dan Schneider to think about doing some sort of preteen drama. But when you peel back the layers of the town, or if you stay out late enough and look hard enough, you might find there are a fair share of perennially feared mafia syndicates. And in older times, I'd go as far to say as ones where members wore pinstripe suits and and curbed crippling cocaine addictions through bashing skulls in and and waxing muscle cars in iron plain white tees, racketeering, extortion, conniving, all happening. But what else would you expect? Elkwood was another city outside of a larger metropolis. Things trickled down and affected communities one way or another. Now, not all of the crime turned out to be something easily romanticized in film portrayals starring Jack Nicholson or Marlon Brando. And and sometimes people did things that even Martin Scorsese couldn't save with a multi-million dollar budget. You didn't need big crime to grab headlines in Elkwood. It's something as simple as showing up to a voting station in a neon orange velour jumpsuit did the trick. Take Declan Donovan, for example, the 38-year-old freelance renaissance man who hoped his town name change proposal would be passed. Proposing the name change was not normal, but it was acceptable. In fact, many of the townsfolk would say that it was the right thing to do. Allowing for the chance of the town name to change was in the Elkwood Book of Imperatives, the EBI. The townsfolk weren't mad at him for that. If anything, they found it inspiring that he was exercising his right as a citizen to do such a thing. To not challenge the name would actually be very un-Elkwood, and anything un-Elkwood isn't good. Sure, he could have come up with a more creative name, anything other than obscenities would do. It would have helped his case had he chosen one not identical to that of a major city, but this was Declan Donovan. Why he wanted Elkwood to instead be called Denver was sort of who he was. 
Declan Donovan was someone people found easy to chuckle at. He'd hear none of it, though. He was an artist, and dealing with ridicule was one of the many stripes that he had earned. The town folk laughed at him when he rented space at the Elkwood Gallery and Cafe for his still photo exhibit of animals being animals, which was nothing more than a collection of squirrels in action procreating. They asked him what was the point of it, what was the message that he was trying to get across, and, and he would just chuckle, stare at his cuticles, then tell them that maybe they should think harder. He was kind of a dick, but he was a dick who would wear velvet and drive cars made by Mitsubishi. You couldn't tell him to do anything. And he was never looked at as problematic. Anything he did do, it yielded the same response from Elkwood residents. <laughs> Declan, dude, come on. He looked and moved like Peter O'Toole in the film My Favorite Year, or a Johnny Depp in The Pirates of the Caribbean if Johnny Depp was six foot three. When he rose to talk, there was always added dramatics. Sure, it was over the top, but anything less really wasn't Declan Donovan. He brought up the name change at a city council meeting in 2010. The way Elkwood would conduct business is that they would need a 51% or greater council vote to even bring it to the ballot, and once on the ballot, the name would need a 90% vote. At the first meeting of the 20 council members, none were in favor, but this didn't deter Declan. If anything, this was a plus. Each council meeting was a performance, an open mic, in front of people who could quite literally care less about anything that he had to say. They weren't listening. They were questioning what this man in tights was doing there on a Tuesday night. Declan Donovan, he had nothing to lose. He rented a flat outside of town. He had no family. He made his own schedule. He thrived off ramen noodles and compliments, genuine or not, that his work received. He came back to every meeting, 71 of them in fact, and proposed this name change. He would say, this town needs a rename. I say Denver, you? It was after the 71st straight council meeting, 71 straight public performances by Declan Donovan, that they finally conceded and put the proposed name change on the ballot, meaning that people could vote to change the town name from Elkwood to Denver. One wonders, though, if the vote actually did pass or if everyone had just seen far too much velvet in such a short amount of time, but that's neither here nor there. Voting day meant that not only would the community center parking lot fill up, but gallon thermoses would be flooded with cocoa as Elkwood residents would stand in line, bundled in fleeces, getting ready to cast their say. More fixated on who would see to the next four years in the mayor's chair and, and who would oversee the Elkwood school district, as far as most of the citizens were concerned, they had no idea that the name change was even on the ballot. And for what motive would they even switch things up? They liked what went along with Elkwood. People from out of town would assume it was the set for many Lifetime Christmas films. People might say, Elkwood, is that in Michigan? It wasn't, but they'd play along. Somewhere near that, they'd add. What happened to Declan Donovan on that day was nothing short of anticlimactic. And unless he actually thought he'd be able to change a town name, you'd think it was a success. His plan was to show up in a neon orange velour jumpsuit with a megaphone chanting, Denver, Denver, to Denver we need. No more Elkwood, Denver indeed. He figured that the voters waiting in line might find it catchy and catchy enough to bubble it in on the ballot. Worst case, they'd admire his calves at the end of the jumpsuit and that would be that. But what Declan didn't anticipate was Elkwood's number one radio station, Z98.9, with the number one radio personality, Radio Rick, already there playing top 40 hits, entertaining the public.
Declan's plan was about as flexible as a number two pencil. He asked them to turn it down so he could shout, but they said they couldn't as they were playing Katy Perry. Declan caved, he understood. Can you at least play I Kissed a Girl, he asked, to which Radio Rick said, nope, as he turned up the volume on Firework. The people who drove Volkswagen Passat started a two-step in line. The cocoa thermoses were exchanged with new batches. This was then, by and large, the greatest piece of civic duty conducted in Elkwood since a group of jurors were dismissed early for the Grey Cup final in 2008. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.